Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we are quickly winding down Pastor Jim's expository preaching through the entire book of Revelation. Chapter 21 is our focus this week, and it's a great relief from the final judgment of chapter 20, where we saw all who rejected Christ and his provision for reconciliation with God forever sent to the lake of fire. History for the created universe has taken its course and is winding down. God's redemptive plan has been fully played out, and he has maintained control of every single detail ever since the beginning. This chapter serves as a great contrast to the judgment of the end of chapter 20, opening with a new heaven and a new earth. What is that, and what does it mean? Well, here is today's slice of the message entitled, New Heaven and New Earth. Notice that the transfiguration, Moses and Elijah appeared on earth miraculously, having been summoned from heaven. They spoke with Jesus, and they knew about his departure soon to come. In other words, they were aware of life on earth and what God was going to do. Or consider this one, something Jesus said, Luke 15.10. It says, In the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now notice, he didn't say there will be rejoicing by the angels. Now I do think the angels rejoice when one sinner is saved because the angels are fascinated by salvation. It's something they long to look into and they are they are just blown away at God's grace that He would save a motley crew like us. So I do think they rejoice over salvation, but Jesus carefully said there will be rejoicing in the presence of the angels. Now, who is in heaven in the presence of the angels other than God? Well, that would be people who are with the Lord. So I think that includes saints in heaven who are overjoyed by the salvation of people on earth, and certainly especially those they knew and loved. There's a couple of good books out there. Uh, Johnny Erickson Tata has one about, I think it's called Heaven, Your Real Home. Randy Alcorn wrote a book simply titled Heaven, and he answered this question in a a Q&A thing I read one time said, uh, my mother recently passed away. She was a Christian, and I know she's with the Lord, but can she see me from heaven? Alcorn recited the list of scriptures I just gave you, and then he said this, I believe scripture clearly suggests your mother, who's now in heaven, is witnessing God's unfolding plan on earth. She lives in a place where joy is the air she breathes. I like that turn of words. And nothing she sees on earth can diminish that. 
If you're following Jesus, no doubt your mother is rejoicing over you. She's looking forward to your great reunion. In fact, when you enter heaven, I think she'll be among those right there with Jesus to give you a rich welcome. I think he's right on. That summarizes what Scripture says and implies. And I say that for two reasons. Number one, to make sure you don't confuse new heaven and the new earth with the place where people are now, which is simply described as with the Lord. Or we saw it a couple of weeks ago. It's also called paradise. It's also called the third heaven. The new heaven and the new earth are the permanent place where we will be when time is no more. They don't exist yet. God has promised it will be a new creation. And I also say that to make sure that you are confident that loved ones who have died in the faith, while they are completely full of joy, are quite aware of life on earth, and there is indeed a reunion awaiting you. Nothing in the Bible diminishes my confidence in that. And that brings us again to 2 Peter chapter 3. And you come to the answer to the question, why is this here in the Bible? Well, one obvious reason is it, it tells us what's going to happen. It tells us what to look forward to. But Peter wrote, as we read before, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. And then Peter continues, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord on account of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promises, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So the question is not, can you draw a picture of the New Jerusalem based on this description? Go ahead and try if you like. I'd be curious to see it. But the question is, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? This is called the holy city, completely set apart to God. What sort of people ought you to be? And of course, the immediate follow-up question is, are you on the outside looking in? Remember who the book of Revelation was originally addressed to? Seven churches. By extension, it's addressed to us, and he says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. But remember, I said I'd come back to verse 18, or verse 8, rather. He said, But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. He warns to churches, make sure you're not on the outside looking in. The cowardly are those who repudiate their claim to faith in Christ when the heat is on. 
The unbelieving, probably better translated unfaithful, those who fail to live up to the commitment to Christ they've claimed to have made. The abominable, probably in this context, refers mainly to those who compromise and participate in the worship of the beast because they don't want to be persecuted. Or like some of those letters to some of those churches, the ones that followed that woman who was like Jezebel. The murderers would be those who, in the context of Revelation, go along with the beast and participate in or agree with the martyrdom or the saints. Or like Jesus said, Anger is the same sin as murder. It's only a matter of degree. So it's those who come and put a smiley face on and pretend to belong to the Lord, but in fact they're letting their heart remain dark and full of anger and bitterness and hatred. Immoral persons often try to pass themselves off as Christians. But you can't, find, you can't hide the truth from God. Sorcerers, that's the word Pharmakeia associated with all manner of false religion, especially so-called worship, which is induced by drugs. Idolaters. Idolatry will be the rule rather than the exception or the reign of Antichrist, but there are those who pretend to be Christians, but when you get right down to it, the altars they bow at are poor substitutes for God. And of course, all liars, or as someone described it, everyone who loves and does a lie Primarily those who lie about their alleged allegiance to Jesus Christ. Now, as I said, you may have done any of those things. You might have a clean sweep. Maybe you've done all of them at some time. But is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? It is if you are standing in His grace, having been justified not by religious things that you've done, not by good deeds that you've performed, not by jumping through spiritual hoops, justified by grace through faith plus nothing. If you are standing in His grace now, one day you will be standing side by side with John the Apostle, and you will see the heavens and the earth burned up, the real Big Bang, and you will see the new heavens and the new earth, and you'll see that heavenly Jerusalem, and you can live there, but only by faith, only standing in grace. Let's pray. Our Father, as we look at this part of your word, how we thank you for it. It seems that you've given us hundreds and hundreds of pages to help us live by faith, to know you through your Son, Jesus Christ, and to get by in this world. And then in just a few dozen verses... You've described the glories of a world without sin where we look forward to dwelling with you. And Father, thank you for using the pen of the Apostle Peter to ask us what sort of people ought we to be in holy conduct here in this world when we see the beauty of the world without sin. Oh, teach us, Father, to hate our sin, and to love our Savior. 
And whatever you need to do today in each of our lives to make us be the kind of people we ought to be in holy conduct. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.